Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uptana, and today we'll be discussing the fact each one of us is a spark of divinity. We're part of how the universe is constantly creating itself, and how we need to see this as our most sacred care. Much about spirituality is focused on travel, movement, progress, and maturation. Christianity has the age of consent, which marks the journey between childhood and adulthood through the types of sins you can be accountable for. Baptism, which moves you from sinner to child of Christ, where all is forgiven. And good works, which help you atone for sins and improve your chance of attaining a place in heaven. Arguments for grace over good works notwithstanding. With Judaism, you get bar and bat mitzvah to mark the passage between child and adult, the movement from clean to unclean and back again depending on the activity, the transition from adult to parent, and so on. There are spiritual groups where a person's evolution is marked in their progress through esoteric gates and ceremonies. Wiccan and pagan ceremonies where the priestess and or priest take on the goddess and god traveling between the worlds. Hinduism asks each devotee to reach towards connection with the divine through daily practice and devotion. Buddhism supports each seeker to travel the path towards freedom from the wheel of samsara, and even to evolve into a bodhisattva if possible. And all spiritualities talk about the unique path each of us is meant to travel in order to become our true and best selves. Within all of this movement and going and doing, there are instructions on how to go within, to find the core self and meet the timeless presence of everything. Whether this be through the Islamic spinning of the whirling dervishes, the focused meditation techniques of TM, tantric practices, or sitting zazen, each religion and spirituality recommends going within. However, if looked at closely, most, if not all, of these practices has an underlying premise. It is either a journey in itself, or is being done in order to facilitate some doing or movement. Yes, meditation is relaxing, but it is most often prescribed as a remedy to a fast-paced life, as a means of being able to make things more manageable, to gain clarity on situations in life, to find answers, to allow the brain, body, soul, and emotions processing time, to create space for revelation and communication with what is beyond us as we expand into oneness, all of which is to turn stillness into a tool for action. It turns being into receiving, in order that we can be more doing. For clarity's sake, there is nothing wrong with any of this. All of it has its purpose and its place. I'm simply pointing out an underlying theme. Unless we're talking about grounding practices or mindfulness exercises like Shavasana, what is being presented is active. In fact, most of us, when confronted with an actual non-active spiritual practice, either fall asleep or feel our mind drifting into active mode as it co-ops the downtime to prepare for the next doing we need to be. Because of this enculturated training in spirituality as movement, 
we tend to work with ourselves solely as an energy conduit. When learning about the chakras, we're asked to not only see them in motion, but to amplify the motion, causing them to spin faster, glow brighter, enlarge, unfold, and so on. I myself teach meditations on how to bring earth energy up through the body and shower out again as a grounding exercise. We're taught to look for blocked energy, find chi points where things are stuck, and work with massage therapists to help ease areas which are tight, holding on to things, clenched, or in need of release. What we don't focus on is the fact that while we are a means of manifesting akasha into being, bringing it into our bodies through kater or the crown chakra, and creating life from it which is then released into the world through our actions, and simultaneously bringing it into our bodies at the second chakra through our experiencing and being transformed by life, which returns the transmuted akasha to the universe, we are also a piece of divinity. We are a form of the I am which exists outside of time and space and contains the wisdom of a million universes in each tiny speck. We are not just a traffic cop making sure things go through the intersection of our limbs and organs, but a destination. We have been gifted with life, with existence. Not just this physical embodiment, but our existence as souls. We are a piece of all that is, and therefore we are the goal. Our primary responsibility is to care for and nurture our essential selves. We are the only ones who can do so, and it is our most sacred care. We are neither a resource to be used, nor a tool to be wielded. We are, each of us, a constituent component not only of this physical web of life, but of all life which has ever been or ever will be. In each second, Akasha moves through us, energy which is the life force needed to nourish and sustain us, but is also the information stream which informs us, allowing us to transmute what is ethereal and eternal into physical shape which can partake of all life has to offer. Reiki and other hands-on healing modalities exist in part to help us replenish our resources when we become depleted, or to rebalance us when situations have brought us to an unhealthy place. Yet we have difficulty using or maintaining this flow, which is easy to see when attempting to do self-healing. It's very common for those learning Reiki to be told to Reiki themselves, and to find it difficult or ineffectual. Not because they're doing it wrong, or because the Reiki isn't working, but because it's as if they're a sieve rather than a container. The Reiki gets poured in, merges with all of the doing, and moves right back out again, leaving only a brief and temporary trace. This is in part why those who are intuitives, who get flashes of information when working with clients, who get insights when touching things or coming into close contact with others, most often get only flashes or partial information. Energy which moves too quickly, which is not absorbed or even processed, is unable to relay all the information it has to offer. It's like trying to discern what song is playing in a car passing on the freeway at top speed 
We catch a fragment, and then it's gone. One way you can foster a new relationship with Akasha to nurture your spark of divinity is to experience yourself as the destination. Instead of seeing your energetic self as something to be cleaned, cleared, fired up, exercised, or strengthened, you can see it as something to be filled, nourished, and replenished. To do this requires only a quiet space where you can be comfortable and undisturbed for a bit of time. It's best to sit upright, either in a chair or on the floor. Please be comfortable and make sure you feel supported. There are no brownie points awarded for unnecessary physical suffering in this process. Once seated, allow yourself to feel the energy flowing from the top of your head out to your perineum, which is the root chakra, or yizod. If standing, it will be flowing out your feet. Then note the prana is also flowing up from your feet or perineum and out your head. Both flows are simultaneous and synchronized with your heartbeat. They can be stimulated or slowed through your breath, yet you can feel the thrum of them underneath your manipulations. If you want to feel this prana, put your hand on top of your head. Your hand will start warming as the energy flows through it. As you note this flow, follow it to your center or core. See your center as a sacred vessel, a well which is waiting to be filled. This is a stillness place outside of time and space. It is who you are who you have been, and all of your potential selves all at once. It is the essential you. Allow it to open gently to accept the prana which is flowing both up and down. The rush of prana will begin to slow, to warm, and soften as you open. Allow the akasha to fill your core until you simply can contain no more until you feel your center overflowing. During this process, you may find memories replaying, emotions coming to the surface, physical sensations, or even see visions. Akasha is also information, which comes in many forms, and you also may have stored information, which is brought to the surface through this process. When your core is full Allow the Akasha to flow outward to the next energy centers. It will flow outward to and down through your sacral and root chakras, then through your legs and out the chakras of your feet, while at the same time moving up through your heart, throat, third eye, and crown chakras. If rushed, this can feel chaotic and overwhelming, or feel like nothing at all as the Akasha skims the surface and rushes off again. Allow the process to be slow, deliciously lingering. Stay as long as you like, as long as you can. Be the destination rather than a process or a pass-through. This is as much about building a relationship with the self, being informed, as it is about energy and health. Let yourself feel what it is to be filled with life force, which is freely given, 
which you deserve simply because you exist. Do this as much or as little as you need in the moment. You may be able to fill all of these centers and move outwards even farther to your feet and crown, or you may not move beyond your core. Either or any of these is completely fine and just right for you in the moment. Again, you are the goal. With this process, you are nurturing your unique piece of divinity. When you feel you're complete, allow your life force, the Akasha, to return to its natural state. Don't empty or close your energy centers. They'll do this on their own, just like a flower which closes its petals in the twilight. Having drunk the nectar you've provided, they will spend time nourishing and replenishing themselves. Return your attention to the thrumming of Akasha through your body. Feel the vibration of it and your heartbeat. Note how they have changed, become more layered, more vibrant, and yet deeper and more rhythmic. Let your attention return to your surroundings and your day. You may note the world around you seems heightened, more colorful, or that things have a glow about them. This will fade as your system adjusts. Once you understand this process and feel comfortable in doing it, you can use it to fuel yourself prior to major undertakings, to prepare for manifestation projects, or to aid you in dealing with difficult situations. This process provides healing benefits, and once all your energy centers are filled, the energy can flow even further to fill the entire energetic envelope. This can feel somewhat like being immersed in the most wonderful, relaxing, and consciousness-expanding bath. Being filled in this way can help you see where we are connected with things and people, where we're disconnected, and where we overextend unnecessarily. And these are only some of the revelations which become apparent when we let ourselves become the goal. What hidden wisdom resides in your spark of divinity? And that's all the time we have this week. Next week, we'll be delving into the role of the warrior to continually choose the best path forward, not only for those around them, but for themselves. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please take a minute to show it some love on iTunes. Your comments are also appreciated. Thanks. Bye.